Hey, what's up? This is Knox Colby, and this is Signals from Mars. Welcome, one and all, to episode 344 of Signals from Mars. I'm your host, Victor. And during this episode, we welcome aboard Knox Colby, lead singer for the Richmond, Virginia band, Enforced. Some people call them a thrash band. Some people call them a crossover band. Some people call them death thrash. To me, they just kick ass. I'm ready. Let's do it! All right, so I don't want to give too much away from this interview uh, because of the way that it started out, the way that I first heard of Enforced was only a few months ago, and I'm going to get into that story with Knox. A lot of times I have people come up to me and say, hey, I just started you know, listening to your show or whatever. And honestly, whenever you jump on, doesn't really matter to me so long as you're there and you think that the that what I'm doing is cool. That's that's what's most important to me, to be quite honest. And I received an email today from someone by the name of uh, Anuj. I hope I'm pronouncing your last name right. Agarwal. Agarwal, I guess it's like that. Anyway, so he sent me a list, uh, was released yesterday as of this recording, April 26, 2023, and 20 best hard rock podcasts. And number one, he has a show called All That Shreds podcast. Number two, Iron City Rocks, one of my old uh, cast iron ring brethren old uh, podcasting network I was a part of many, many moons ago. Uh, Number three, Decibel Geek Podcast. Hey, wouldn't you know I do their website? Great friends with Aaron and Chris. Number four, Signals from Mars, my show. Listen, I'm just thrilled (laughs) that anyone is, is noticing this show 13 and a half years later, basically, since 2009. So thank you. Uh, for checking the show out, for listening to the show. It means a lot to me. Um, let me just go through the rest. I know a lot of these podcasters. Growing Up Rock, Enter Sadman, the Hard Rock and Heavy Metal Hall of Fame, Metal for Dummies, the Hard Rock Lunchbox, Side One Radio Show, Noise in the Attic, uh, Metalology, Hard Rock and Trivia Show, Nonstop Rock Talk with Tyson Bryden, the Hard Rock Rewind, Rewind Podcast, excuse me, Rock Bottom, Rock All Over You Podcast, Hard Rock Podcast from Magnitude, Old Guys Talk Metal and Sometimes Punk, and that's the top 18. Ah, so, okay, so it goes all the way up to 200. Interesting. Well. The headline is top 20. 
didn't realize that. Okay. So to request 99, you got to write to him and he sends it to you. All right. So that's top 18. Thank you for listing me. Uh, if you want to keep up with what I do here on the show, go to signalsfrommars.com. You'll find links to all the social media platforms where you can like and share the episodes where you can subscribe to the podcast or watch the video version of this very interview. You can also go to Patreon where I have the unedited version with a bunch of bonus minutes of me and Knox talking as well. That's patreon.com forward slash signals from Mars. In any event, you can go to signals from Mars.com and find all those great links. Shout out to all of my patrons. Thank you so much for your support. Thank you for listening to this episode. As I always like to say, be listening to or watching a million other things, but you choose to be here on Signals from Mars listening to this. That kicks ass. Thank you. Let's get on with the interview. Joining me is Knox Colby from the band Enforced. Now, it's awesome to have you on because one of my diehard listeners, um, Ed Ferguson in Kentucky, has been talking about Enforced mm-hmm. for months. And really? cool. yeah, so what I do is is I have a Patreon page where a lot of these guys are there, and I post videos every day. I post at least three videos a day that are coming out. Bands, That's a lot, man. That's crazy. Well, there's a lot of there's a lot of music out there that you know I want. That's true. I love turning people onto music. One of the biggest things for me, one of the things that I love the most, is hearing, "Hey, because of you, I ended up buying this album, or you turned me onto this band." Or see, yeah, that's really sick. Yeah, that's a good that's a good um that's a good feeling. It's yeah. like the uh, it's like uh, like going into record stores and being like, "Yo, you like this? You should check this out." Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, there's there's a lot of people my age that piss me off that I call lazy listeners because to hear these fuckers sit there and say, well, no good new music has come out after 89, man. No, there's yeah. music coming out always. Oh. You I, I, I get, I, I've read YouTube comments. I'm aware. Yeah. 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 So. <laughs> um. So that's the thing. So. When I posted the first video you guys put out for the album, Ed blew his fucking mind because he's like, holy shit, (laughs) new album, this sounds great, you know. So when I had the opportunity, when I was asked to interview you guys, I'm like, I got to do this because... For Ed. Yeah, for Ed alone. (laughs) And then outside of that, you know, helping get the one for you guys. So Gotcha. Makes yeah, that's cool. Ed, if I'm if you're listening, I'm sure you are. Thank you. Love you. There you go. So you guys seem to always be on a two year cycle between albums, at least the last the the, between the three albums. Yeah. Is that done on purpose or that just kind of happened? Yeah, I mean like at the walls came out. I mean I mean that came out in like what? late 19 right 2018 like no 19 yeah because we did yeah segregate then we did a full full us in 2020 yes at 19 um we were 
like Kilgrid was supposed to come out in like June of 2020. Right. So we were just like, it wasn't it wasn't going to be a full year. <laughs> right, right, right. And if it was business as usual, it probably wouldn't have been you know two years lapse like every single time. But gotcha. That's just the that's just the nature of the beast now. And especially with, um, you know, we're really touring hard as hell. So there's not, well, I would say there's not a lot. There's less time uh, to sit down and write than we did during the post-Kilgrid coming out. And, you know, like pandemic and stuff. Had plenty of time yeah. to write. So, and then let's, like, everything started to get lifted up and stuff. We were just like, time to fucking tour. <laughs> so, you know, the tour with Exum, tour with Obituary, tour Europe, tour at the Gates, tour with Twenty Sabuns and on Death and Fopophilic and stuff. You're just like, okay, we're done touring with Kilgrid that was postponed for a year and some change. Right now, let's get back onto on track with what we were originally trying to do. Gotcha. So it just we just wanted to tour on that so bad. And we okay. never really got a chance to it, so it's just it's just taking a little bit longer than usual, or yeah, than, yeah, than yeah. like projected or whatever. Right. Okay. Um, for you as as a singer, as a lyricist, what do you do with lyrics? Do you have to listen to the music to start coming up with lyrics? Do you have a book where you start when things just pop into your mind that you write it down or in your phone or stuff like that? I've got yeah, I've got a big Google Doc with just like random articles and research papers and stuff that I find interesting mm-hmm. and just kind of write like a quick, like in the moment, uh, blurb of what I find interesting and how it can relate to something else. Right. And then kind of create like a Charlie day looking at the spot, like the web of like conspiracies. Right. Meme. It looks like that in my head. So I'm like, it's all connected. Like I just gotta like, I just gotta like form it and figure it out, and that's when the actual like lyric writing starts. I have all the ideas and mm-hmm. like all the information that I need, but I don't. There's no need to like f- put it into words yet until I hear the songs, and then kind of pick and choose. Just like okay, this I, I like this this part. I like this vibe. Like that kind of fits with this idea. So it'll kind of like it's all sparsed out once i start hearing and learning all those songs as they're recorded okay what's the oldest lyric idea that you have sitting around <sighs> that's unused yeah yeah unused uh well i don't want to say it because if i say it <laughs> uh it's just this one line that says let the bells scream like i just haven't used it like i don't know what that means is like imagine like a church bell but instead of it being like a clanging noise it's like a scream sound yeah. and i was like it sounds very nightmarish very cool wrote that right. down and that i just but there's just i haven't found a place to use it or like a, or any context to even kind of use that type of imagery yeah yeah cool in this day and age where bands are still trying to fill 70 plus minutes worth of music to to fit on an entire CD, you guys uh, with more remains, 
Oh yeah, there's still bands putting out seventy plus minutes. <laughs> Respect. I could never. <laughs> well, I think back. It's funny. I was going to bring this up later, but War Remains is thirty two minutes. I still think back of the days where. You know, we traded tapes with friends because we couldn't afford to buy everything. So you yeah. bought a 90-minute blank cassette. It was 30-something minutes an album. And then you're waiting to see, oh, what did they use to fill out the rest of side A and then side B? So this album would be perfect for that because you've got those extra yeah. few minutes <laughs> to, you know, what other goodies do I have on here? So Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. So that's a, that's, that's a de- I haven't heard that. It's a different approach. It's pretty sick. but oh 32 minutes i mean to me i think that's perfect because what else do you need well that's that's the thing bands are recording all this music and then they're not ever playing it live so what's the point get yeah trimming the fat and just giving you exactly what what you need (laughs) yeah i mean we already like the last tour we went on we were already playing two new songs that no one even knew right We've already incorporated the new the new album into old sets, so just solely just because it's like you just want to play them, you know. Right. Like, kind of sick, kind of getting old with some of these songs. They can be retired. Like, let's put some, let's pump some new life into this, and yeah, and uh, and really get stoked on the new album. And some some play, oh, most of the shows that we played. Um, people reacted better to the new songs that they didn't even know wow. from the songs that they knew. Mm-hmm. It's just like, that's a, that's good. <laughs> that's good feedback when everyone's, yeah. you know, stage diving and circle pitting and shit. Like, yeah, that's kind of what I wanted you to do and you're doing it. So great. Yeah. Exactly the type of feedback you're looking for. What, why do you think they were doing that? Just because they were excited to hear something different or I think they're, ex- I think it's just a, where we put it was like right in the middle of the set is two works, okay. two new songs. So there is like five songs as a primer to kind of like get you in the mode and get you in the headspace and then introduce two hard new ones. You already know what to expect because you already heard half the set. You know, so you know what to expect. So you know exactly what to do because you're already you're already sold on it. So right. if you are sold on it, and there's you know haters everywhere, whatever. But um, <laughs> but it's like okay, you've heard like what we we have done, and right in the middle, it's we're gonna tweak it a little bit and show you something new, and let me know. I would I'd be like, hey, we have two new songs. They might may or may not make the record. Uh, let me know what you think. And then people just lost their minds. I was like, okay, don't okay, make the record. It's like record's already written, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a it's just a sly like tongue in cheek kind of thing. Yeah. But people, I mean, people knew. Uh, but it was a lot of fun, um, and people really really enjoyed them. At what point do you guys? cut things off per album though when you guys feel that every song is solid yeah we haven't yet it depends what what we usually try to do is to play the shortest ones okay uh because you know let's just say hypothetically you've got like a 30 minute time slot would you rather me play only six five minute songs or 
12 three minute songs like <laughs> yeah you 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 want to hear more material you don't want to only hear six songs i know some bands have done that in the past and just like we only play for we only play five, five songs because you want to keep them wanting more and you're just like you're also like withholding a lot like play long play a little bit longer play like nine songs you have three lps what are you doing um and so yeah we try to pack in as much material like as my dad would say 10 pounds of shit into a five pound bag (laughs) uh and give you as much of ourselves as we possibly can in the shortest amount of time yeah so you know like trying to play songs like kill grid which on the on the record is like seven minutes like live it's like five like that's still too long like uh <laughs> and, and like even the, the so the newer songs when we play them live this they're played faster so you could probably pack in like i think for the new set that we're writing is like i think it's like four or five off of war remains so it's like damn near half the album so right. you're getting you're getting what you want or like what i perceive everyone to want right you know, just we're, we're playing a new material. A lot of it. Yeah. I, I can appreciate what you're saying and I'll give you my situation. I was playing in a misfits cover band and we were playing a local uh, award show and they told us we had 15 minutes to play. And I said, okay, no breaks. We're well, yeah. It's only 15 as, minutes. Yep, yeah. We're packing in as many fucking songs as we can and we're going one to the other straight and we ended up playing i mean something stupid like two minutes per song so and even we did like a melody somewhere in there where we combined a bunch of songs so we 15 minutes straight just playing and that was it yeah so i think i think the set we have now we have um because we're playing full terror assault and we're playing dark lord day festivals this year, and I think both will require us to play like a forty-five minute set. Okay. So it's like, okay, well, we already have the thirty-minute set for like tour, but for these forty-five for the forty-five minute sets, what do we do? It's just like, oh, just add four more songs to the beginning, and that'll cover the fifteen minutes. Right. And so now, instead of it being like five songs break five songs, it's ten songs break five <laughs> songs. Right. So like the first, the first thirty minutes is like song done, start song done, start like bam, 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 yeah, bam, yeah, yeah. like it does not end. It's a huge ass kicker. Yeah, for hopefully for the audience and especially I mean totally for us because we're just like fuck, we won't stop playing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fun though. I mean to to rehearse that and get it all together and, and seeing if you can pull it off and all that stuff. I mean, all oh, that. Yeah, we definitely can. So cool. Yeah, yeah. 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 When we, um, when we played, uh, when we were on our uh, European tour, we had to play hour long sets at some places mm-hmm. and never done that before in my life. And I was like, I don't even, do we even have an hour's worth of material? <laughs> um, apparently we do. Uh, so we for those hour long sets we kind of had to like play the gigs and kind of build up to that mm-hmm. 
And I remember we were in Spain and we played like, it was like 35 minute set or something. And Zaragoza, Spain. Okay. And they were like, one more song, one more song. We're like, okay, cool. We played another one. And they're like, one more song, one more song. Like, okay, cool. Played it. We ended up playing for another 30 minutes. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah. So, and the next day was a day where we had to play for an hour. It's like, well, I guess it's possible because we just fucking did it. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, we played we played for a full hour at Resurrection Festival in Spain, and I was just like, that's brutal. But I, it was a challenge, and I was really surprised I was able to do it. So I'm I'm, I'm happy that I know I can do that. Cool. Or all of us can do it. It's very cool. Yeah. What do you guys think about playing Resurrection? It was a fun time. It was weird because it was so late. Uh, <laughs> we were on at one in the morning, or where it was at midnight. It was either midnight to one or one to two. So we got there at eight o'clock at night, uh, which we thought was like, okay, it's like wrapping up. Oh, no. Right in the middle of it. <laughs> and um, I was surprised uh, people actually stuck around. Because um, I think <clears throat> the, the ending of the main stage was going to be Bring Me the Horizon and then Corn, And then on the side stage was, gonna, was us at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Corn dropped. So, that, okay, so it was Midnight to One because Corn dropped. So... Um, Everything got bumped up a little bit, so we're we do a sound check. We're standing on the side stage, just watching Bring Me the Horizon like two football fields away, <laughs> right? And uh, seeing this huge crowd, and it rained the entire day, but no one was leaving, which was awesome. Apparently, people in Spain don't care about what time it is or what the weather is, which is awesome. <laughs> um. So yeah, uh, they finish and they're like, "Okay, fit ten minutes until until y'all start playing." We're like, "Okay, cool." Uh, then we just watch like a mass exodus of people of of tired and wet people leave, and right. there uh, once because there's so many people that like uh, it took forever. So mm-hmm. by the time that we started playing, there was still like you know this big river of people stuck like right in front of our stage. Right. So I just started shouting, you know, absurdities and obscenities at everybody. And be like, you're a coward, you're a pussy, you know, like, like you want to see some real fucking metal. Here you fucking go. We're in a forest. Fuck you. And, um, started playing and like that pulled in like 5,000 people. That's cool. (laughs) And I was like, cool. I mean, it's no, it's, you know, you know, 15, 20,000 people were like 5,000 people were like, this rules. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, how many times can I say that in my life? It's like, hey, just I, you know, accosted 5,000 people or 15,000 people, 20,000 people, and 5,000 of them really liked that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they stuck around and they fucking loved it. That, that place was going crazy during right. the set. And like at the end of it, they were just like, Everyone was just like, holy fuck. And um, 
one of the most appreciative crowds and I definitely appreciate them. I think that was the last day of tour yet too. So I was just like, once it was done, I was like totally checked out. I'm like, right. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> I'm so, I'm so out of it. And having that, that really cool, awesome crowd there just, just made my, made my whole first European tour like the best. Yeah, the reason I ask is that I'm six hours east of uh, where you guys played Resurrection. So, oh, really? Where are you at? Yeah, yeah, I'm in the north center of Spain. So. Oh, okay. We uh, once we finish there, you're probably familiar with it, definitely. Then we spent like, uh, just so we can decompress and enjoy Spain, we spent like three days in Bilbao. Yeah, that's forty minutes away. <laughs> oh, dude, so sick. It was so nice. I loved it. Yeah. And like, I bought a bunch of clothes there. All I did was just nothing but just wandered around the city for like mm-hmm. three whole days and like checked out all the parks. And, you know, it was such a great time. Food yeah. was incredible. Incredible food. Yeah. So um, as you saw the rain, the the weather here in the north sucks. But our food Dude. and drink is what sets it apart from the rest of the country. So you, you live in Jurassic Park. It's ridiculous. <laughs> like the, the just the drive to Viviero, I was yeah. like, it's just lush. It's nothing that you picture. I, I pictured in my head as Spain, like right. Zaragoza. That's what I pictured as Spain. Right, right, right. <laughs> but I was like, it's super wet. It's super green. It's super mountainous, and you're right off the 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 bay. Yeah, like, this place looks nuts. This is nothing like I thought it would be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we're whenever people say, "Oh, you're in Spain. It's beaches and sun," and like, yeah, we got beaches, but it rains like most of the What's year. Sun? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, once I uh, figured that out, because uh, I kept checking, it took us like it's like a six. I don't know from where we stayed. We say like outside Zaragoza, so it was like six, eight hours or something like that yeah. uh, to uh, Viviero, and it was like, oh, it's going to clear up. The the rain's going to clear up yeah. by the time we get there, and it didn't, and then I realized, I looked at the radar, and it was like, yeah, it's not raining. I was like, oh, we're just in the middle of a cloud. Like, <laughs> it's, just, it's just clouds, because we're so high up in the mountains and everything. Yeah, just yeah, playing in this like mountain town, just, right? It, it was so it was so foreign to me. I was like, "This is so cool." Yeah, and I will uh, move on after this comment. But the sure. latest latest I've ever been in a festival in Bilbao. Um, last band to come on was at quarter to four in the morning. What are and, you doing? And they doing? hit the stage and they say only in fucking Spain will we uh can we start a show at quarter to four in the morning. Yeah, and have a full full house. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't get it. The, there's gotta be something in the blood. It's just insanity. Like no one has the thought of sleeping crosses no one's mind. Yeah. It's yeah. so weird. Like <laughs> And it was cool because, like, right after when we got there, apparently Metallica had played there like a day or two before. Okay. 
So there was a ton of metalheads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like still hanging out in mm-hmm. Bilbao. So they saw us. And we know we're wearing like all black, you know, studs and shit. And they're like, oh, did you go to the gig? And we're like, no, we're in a thrash band. And they're like, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, drinks on us. And you're just like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> very cool. Very welcoming. I liked it. I'll, I, yeah. I've moved to Bilbao in a minute. Yeah, yeah. Um, as a singer, did you approach anything different on War Remains? Uh, yeah, I didn't try to, to do anything special with my voice. Like, <laughs> At the Walls was like my normal voice, but it's, it's like really high, just naturally, kind of screechy. So for Kill Grid, I was like, let's dial that down, like a register or two and be like, mm-hmm more like from the chest or more like from the stomach and like beefier. Right. And uh, that was really hard. So I was like, I'm not going to do that. And we had just finished a tour without the gates. So I was like, well, I'm already primed up. I'll just do what I've been doing on stage. Right. And uh, so that's just naturally how I sound now. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, that makes sense. That's seems to be working. Sounds good. Um, so there was no reason to like do anything out of pocket or like out of character. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's the, that, that was a vocal approach that's just like, just, I think that was everyone's approach is just kind of just do your own thing and be yourself. Like there's no need to like, we don't need to impress anybody. Like right. we can just, we can just be ourselves. And, uh, I think it shows in the, in, uh, and the album as a whole, it's got a lot of character. It's pretty unique. Yeah. Okay. And coming from Richmond, do you guys feel any sort of pressure because of bands like Guar or Lamb of God coming out before you guys? No, not at all. Um, it's, it, I think it's, it's cool. I mean, we've toured with, with waste twice. Okay. And they're like, you know, when I was like young, when I was start, starting to go to shows at like 13 in Virginia Beach, like I would see Waste, you know, off of like Waste Them All or Hazardous Mutation mm-hmm. and being like, those are the fucking gods, man. Like, they're <laughs> like, if I could, if I could drink their piss, like my <laughs> life would be complete kind of thing. Right. But now I'm 33 and like I've toured with him twice and it's just like, yeah, they're normal people, just like everybody else. <laughs> like, they're not crazy metal gods. They're just just hardworking guys uh, who have their nose to the grindstone and, you know, are just trying to, you know, achieve what they want to achieve, just like us. So it's, right. like, cool. So it's less of, like, idolization and more, like, affirmation of, like, if I keep pursuing what I'm pursuing and if I keep working as hard as I'm working, then that's a status or a level that I can get to if right. I play my cards right and do what I need to do professionally. Mm-hmm. So it's, it, it's, not, it, it, my view on bands like that is no longer like a Wayne's world. We're not worthy kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And more like, Oh, they're all peers. Cause we've all, we're kind of all in this together mm-hmm. in some sense. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, yeah, I, I just, I still, you know, I look up to them as like, well, they've done more than me. They probably have a lot more knowledge that I could probably get from them. 
mm-hmm. when it comes to like doing bigger and bigger things because we haven't done you know huge grand things like war like what god have done right but i don't think it's like it, it it seems that everything can be attainable right that makes sense. i hear you yeah, like, yeah, yeah it's just like okay well if these you know three bands from richmond can do it shit maybe the fourth one can yeah that's cool Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's interesting that you do bring up municipal waste because obviously they're known for being crossover thrash. So are you guys known for that as well? But you guys don't exactly sound the same because no. the influences, I'm sure, are, are different there. Yeah, I know they take. I know Tony really is a huge. He's a diehard for DRI, right? And, uh, band, bands like that, suicidal, and like. Well, I think those bands are great. They're not like my number one like mm-hmm. influence, and I don't think those bands influence us like directly, right? But like bands like Sepultura and Slayer and Demolition Hammer, and you know, I think everyone is influenced by Cannibal Corpse at this point. Like, how could you not be? But um, <clears throat> but <clears throat> more darker and like tougher shit like that, right? Where it's not as like it's this isn't a diss it's just an observation those those bands like dri and suicidal sound like they have like this kind of like street rat mentality mm-hmm. of like this like those good for nothing rascals like they've done done it again kind of thing whereas you know demolition hammer <laughs> or like sepultura is just like oh that there's danger behind mm-hmm. that like right actual severity behind uh the music and the people uh granted there truly isn't but it's just sonically that's what it sounds like yeah um and i think we're more drawn to that uh than the kind of more street vibe Mm -hmm. yeah i get it Um, mm. cool yeah i was reading somewhere online that part of the band came from uh, a punk background and, and that that lent itself to uh to the crossover sound within enforced would you agree with that yeah i mean uh both our guitarist zach and our drummer alex are both in like a cross punk band called destruct okay which they just dropped the new album and it's fucking awesome so check out destruct for sure okay badass um I saw them play under a bridge to like 400 people and it was the coolest shit ever. <laughs> it was the coolest. Right. Um, yeah. So like we all have like more hardcore and punk backgrounds in general, you know, like growing up, like going to punk and hardcore shows is especially in Virginia beach and, and them, you know, being in Richmond and uh, Northern Virginia is like, it's a hotbed for for stuff like that so Mm -hmm. you know that's kind of like where you cut your chops on being in bands and and meeting people and getting kind of like getting the experience from like a super early age like kind of once you get older you know you're getting better at your your craft and uh you're able to play harder things and play faster and do more so it kind of like eventually bled into like we we can actually start like a pretty good metal band now because we we can actually play our instruments. <laughs> right. Yeah. 
Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, how would you compare the crowds, though, between all those different scenes? Do you think they're just as accepting with what you guys do? Um, or are Yeah. Yeah, okay. I would say so. I mean, like, the crowds, if you were to put them side by side, they look totally different, but they still do the same stuff. Like, still stage dive, still circle pit, still mosh, you know, still go off, you know, still get hammered, like... It's just they just look different. Uh, the more hardcore and punk demographic is obviously a whole lot younger than like the more of the metal demographic is probably you know like fifteen plus years their senior, but right. it's still fun. And it just kind of it's cool because it's like well, it's bringing two completely different worlds together. Yeah. Um, and we I mean, like I said, we started playing hardcore shows and stuff originally, and um. So it's just kind of, it's in the blood at this point. Like I've been going to hardcore shows since I was 13. So that's what, 20 years? Uh, I've been going to hardcore and punk and metal shows longer than I haven't, you know? <laughs> right. So it's just kind of, it, it, I can't not, you know? Right, right, right. I, I cannot support the aggressive music in the underground music scene. Gotcha. Um, What's the biggest crowd you guys have played to? And what's the most memorable crowd you've ever played to? Might be one in the same. The biggest crowd was definitely Hellfest. Okay. That was like somewhere between like 18 and 20,000 people. Mm -hmm. uh, I had never seen that many people at a festival before. <laughs> ever and you know having the artist booth like where you get like drinks and stuff it's kind of like a crow's nest above like perched so you can see across both of the main stages right so watching the offspring play to like 300,000 people it was just like <laughs> everyone looked like ants it was just like just movement it was just yeah, yeah, yeah. like, I was like, this is nuts. And it was like 110 degrees that day too. So I was like, how is anyone doing this? Um, I think that was definitely the biggest. That might be the most memorable because it was such, I was really scared because that's a lot of fucking people. Right. <laughs> and I kind of got this fight or flight uh, reaction from like being side stage and they're like, 10 minutes to go. I'm like, I can't do this. I can't do this. And I would like leave and like just shuff a dart as fast as possible. And be like, okay, cool, cool, cool. And then go back up and like, uh, eight minutes left. I'm just like, no. And just immediately go back. <laughs> and they're like, oh, I gotta get to the bathroom. Oh, my stomach is killing me. And, and then finally get back there in like two minutes. Don't leave. I'm like, oh, now I gotta pee. Like, <laughs> just like nerves, just nerves. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you, you can't see anybody from the side stage where you can hear them. And it sounds like you're playing at the fucking Roman Coliseum. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, no, 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 no. This is, I'm not built for this, man. And then we walk out and it's just like, <sighs> like, I've never, no one's ever done that for me. Right. And I was just like, I don't think I deserve this. Like, this is weird. This is very awkward. <laughs> and, um, 
I just said, what's up, you crazy motherfuckers? We're in force. And we started playing the set. And then the jitters went completely away. Yeah. And I just, you know, we just played the set like we normally play the set. And got off. And, like, people were, like, freaking out about it and stuff. And I was just like, I think we're good. I think we, I think we did a pretty good job. And um, I just kind of rode that high for probably about a week or two. Like, right. That was something else. Um, so I would say that's probably one of the most memorable shows. Easy, easy. It's just so racked with nerves that like my body can't forget it, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's cool. Yeah, very cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, quite a contrast from 400 people under a bridge to uh, all those. Yeah, people. or uh, I mean, we we played to no one before. Right. <laughs> Zero. Not even the bands stuck around to watch. Right. It's fine. Totally fine by me. I'm just glad I got to play somewhere. Awesome. Um, where can people... Well, this was my question where I fucked up the whole Century Media thing earlier. Uh, oh, <laughs> where, cool. can, where can people go to pick up War Remains and ensure that it gets the most amount of money into you guys' pockets? Oh, um, <laughs> well... <clears throat> There is three limited edition colors. Okay. Uh, the red color is ex- is our exclusive. We have all the red records. You can only get them from us. Okay. So that's the most direct way. But I, at the same time, I think there's only like 20 left that haven't been pre-sold. So okay. get on that. <laughs> uh, and then the blue ones, I believe, are sold through Nuclear Blast. I All right. think that's their their own colorway, and the white ones are sold by Century from Century Site. Okay, and then um, anything beyond that uh, for us would just be merch, which we if you go to our Instagram uh, at yeah I gotta remember it <laughs> at Enforced RVA um, we have like a link tree to all like merch and ticket yeah. sales and you know, LPs and all that spiel is all there. Um, it'll have a link to our uh, Bandcamp merch site. And I do all the merch and mail order from my house. So okay, I've got a big mountain of boxes. Um, <laughs> please, by all means, buy something. Cool. Um, that's the easiest way to, to, to um, support us is buy it directly from us. Okay. And I'm assuming that's also the best way for people to keep up with what you guys are doing, whether it's yeah, the, the Instagram is the most active. Yeah. I don't even know why we have a Facebook. No, no one checks it. I have, I can't remember the last time I checked it. Um, Twitter. I don't have one, so I don't, I don't, I don't know who's in control of that, but I think we all kind of randomly check the Instagram page throughout the day. And uh, okay. so that's the easiest one to like get in touch with us. Hey, what's up? This is Knox Colby and this is signals from Mars. to the show on all your favorite podcast platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon, and more. Go to SignalsFromMars.com for more information. This concludes our show. 